Hi, my name's Carla Fagan, author of A Life Worth Living, The Journey of Authentic Soul, and you are listening to My Quest for the Best. Do you realize that one of the gifts of travel is that it brings you to different places with different perspectives in contact with different people and different cultures so that you can compare those cultures to your own situation and perhaps reevaluate your life, reevaluate what business you're pursuing. That's one of the gifts that this next interview brings. My guest, Carla Fagan, has traveled to 21 countries in one year in order to give herself the gift of insight and wisdom and experience that that brings. There's a lot to be gained from the conversation you're about to listen to. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Bill Ringel, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock their growth potential. Joining me today is Carla Fagan. She's been an acting CFO of a hospital and airline and owned her own businesses. Carla also has 20 years of research in order to set herself free from her own past. She's written A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. In 2005, Carla left her job to experience her own eat, pray, love, journey to 21 countries for a year. Carla currently lives and works remotely from Playa de Carmen, Mexico. Welcome, Carla. Thank you, Bill. It's wonderful to be on your show. Carla, tell me, 21 countries in a year, you must have grown up in an environment where there were travelers or inspiration to travel, or was there some other reason that led you to want to go visit the world in such a broad way? Well, actually, Bill, that's a really good uh, good question. I actually did not have any kind of um, people around me that were inspirational when I was growing up. So it was actually never something that I'd ever dreamed of doing, traveling the world. Um, at the point in time that I made the decision to do it, I had grown and learned a lot of lessons through making a lot of decisions that maybe didn't end up quite well for me. But I learned those lessons, and one of the biggest lessons I learned was to open yourself up for opportunities. So while I never, ever dreamed of traveling the world, I certainly was able to take advantage of that opportunity or that thought pattern when it happened. So I was very blessed to be able to have gone through all of my life experiences that led me to the big ability of being able to jump at the opportunity of saying, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So tell me more about that. Open yourself up to opportunities. Where did that idea, that lesson, that inspiration come from? Well, actually, I think the catalyst of that was when I sold my business. I had uh, a business for two and a half years. I started it by myself. I knew nothing about the business or the industry. And I just jumped in and did it. Uh, it was amazing two and a half years. I learned a lot, but I sunk my heart and soul and all of my money and my credit cards into it. So when I ended up selling the business, uh, the business itself was actually doing well and profitable. Me, on the other hand, was um, I had lost everything. I was in credit card debt. And at that point, I had decided that I wasn't going to stop myself from doing anything because of money, and I was going to open myself up for other opportunities and just learn to jump and learn to live free. One of the things was I had a really, I had a really strong belief with money before 
that I couldn't do anything because I needed to save money. And so by eliminating that belief at that point in time brought brought about some amazing experiences, one of those being the ability of being taken uh, to take advantage of traveling the world. What was the company that, or the business that you had started and had spent two and a half years building, growing, investing in before you stepped away? Uh, it was called Divine Body Spa. And so we had all of the regular spa services, including laser. So I'm actually also a certified laser technician. Um, and I also had a lot of unique and different treatments that got me quite a bit of press back then. So intraceuticals, uh, oxygen infusion treatment, and Thai massage, and a bunch of different things that really I was able to capitalize on in order to get some good publicity and press. And when you stepped away, did you just leave the business? Or were you able to sell off parts of it? What was your exit? Uh, I, I was actually at the point of just getting ready to leave it, but I got a, I received an offer on the business, and during the final throes of signing that off, it went down the toilet, as some offers do, and I immediately had another person create another offer for the business, and that went through perfectly fine, and she's still a really good friend of mine today, so. Wow. That must have been quite a roller coaster. It certainly was. A lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. My adrenaline system was in overdrive. And from there, uh, what was it that led you to writing your life worth living, um, Journey of Authentic Souls? You've, you've stuck to your guns through numerous situations. What was it that led you to say you wanted to put this into a book? What was your purpose and what led you to want to write it? Well, actually, when I had the spa in 2009, I met a lot of different type of people. And one of the people is a beautiful friend of mine today. And she was the one that said, you need to write your memoirs. You need to allow people to see that they're not the only ones that have gone through traumatic circumstances in their life. They need to see that someone else has done that and they have come out the other side with flying colors. And so while I listened to her, I also had the belief that I'm not worthy and I can't do that and I'm not a writer. And so I just said, yeah, 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 okay. And every time I talked to her for the next few years, she came up with the same thing. Have you written your book yet? Have you started it yet? And so when I came back from my around-the-world trip in 2000, I came back in 2016, I was trying a lot of different things. Um, Normally, I can get into a business and succeed extremely well, but everything I was trying was, like, not working out for me. And then I started talking to her again. She says, you know, it's time. It's actually past time, but you really need to start writing. Within a couple of days, I sat down. I started with a couple of poems, which I don't know where they came from because I'm not a poet. But I'll get rid of that belief because I guess I am now. And I started writing my book. I started it in August of 2017 and I finished it in December of 2017. It's a truly cathartic experience because it allowed me to piece my life together and see exactly where traumatic things happened and where my belief systems came from and the decisions that I made during that time and how it changed me personally and through business and with relationships and having kids. So that really, really allowed me to grow and how I had dropped a lot of the baggage that I had from my early childhood along the way. So it was wonderful experience to do. So one of the lessons certainly is reappreciating or coming to appreciate for the first time the importance of reflection in appreciating how far you have grown 
and the progress you've made in being able to shed some of the baggage along the way. Isn't that true? That is very true. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I learned by the writing of my book. And while, you know, everyone, I didn't realize what a traumatic past I had until I started reading some of the reviews. As you were writing, you're saying, well, pretty much everyone had to overcome these obstacles, right? Yeah, because I didn't, well, I knew that not everyone had this, but I didn't realize how traumatic it, 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 other people perceive it. But for me, if I sit down and I think and look about where I am today, and I'm living in beautiful Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and I'm finally doing something that I am passionate about, which is giving stuff back to people and helping the world heal. And I look back at my past, would I change anything? And I keep thinking, no, I wouldn't, because all the lessons that I learned and everything that I, I have gone through has brought me to where I am today. And I like myself today. And I wake up with passion every morning, and I wake up doing things I love to do. When you talk about the passion, what does that lead you to want to do in order to help share the, the hard-fought lessons that you've gathered? Well, you know, as I said, when I came back from my round-the-world trip, I, I, was, I tried a couple of different things, and I was just nothing was working out for me. I knew I was changed when I came back because I had seen so many different countries and so many different things, and the hardships from Thailand and, or sorry, Vietnam and the, and the killing fields in Cambodia, and there were some dramatic things that I saw. So when I came back, I didn't want to jump into the old world of making money for the sake of making money. I wanted to do something that I was truly passionate about. And I realized that would be something that would give back to people. And so what's ended up with that I, is um, I've become 100% certified in a toolkit called uh, the Seven Steps to Reprogramming Yourself, which actually eliminates past trauma and past beliefs virtually overnight. I've been utilizing this because I, you know, while I've done a great job of, of releasing a lot of stuff, I still have some tra- tail ends of beliefs that weren't really good for me. And so as I release them, I get more energy and I get happier and I get more excited. And so now I'm extremely passionate about helping others release their beliefs. And that's where my passion's coming from, is seeing the differences that happen in other people by releasing the old belief systems that they've had or the old traumas that they may have gone through. So, Carla, a lot of times people are are listening to this and have heard this before, but they haven't heard your story about a particular belief. What's a significant belief or part of your um, personal past that you were able to reprogram for yourself and then talk about some of the specific differences in your life about your outlook or your energy that resulted. One of the biggest past beliefs that I had is an I'm not worthy. And that I'm not worthy came from, uh, showed its, its ugly head a lot of the times in relationships. For example, the first relationship that I really had when I was about 17 or 18, uh, no, actually it was 17, and it was a wonderful fellow who was, um, who was working across the street from me. Anyway, he, it was the first time in my life that I had ever really been treated well, and he was wonderful. He introduced me to his family, but I had this past belief in me that I was not worthy, and so I kept thinking that I'm not worthy, this isn't true, this isn't happening, and it started me drawing away from him. So I ended up finishing and ending the relationship, and it was because 
I didn't think I was worthy of being within his company. There's a couple of other things that happened through my life like that. But once I actually realized what I was doing, and I realized it through a, a, a catalyst of I was in a pretty bad depression, and all of a sudden these memories started coming back at me, and I realized that I was the one pushing away these relationships. And then I made the decision with inside myself to stop that my life totally turned around. I actually, um, I'm actually a lot freer. I allow, I'm, I don't have that belief in, around relationships anymore. Albeit I'm single right now, I'm actually happily single and I'm really ready and open for a relationship to come into my life. So I'm not, the old me used to be searching for someone, and now I'm just 100% happy exactly the way I am. Can you tell us about a, a client you worked with that came to you with a particular issue that was affecting his or her ability to be effective in business? And through your work together, you were able to release whatever those blocks were, those limiting beliefs, and help them reprogram whatever was the um, the issue that was preventing them to having greater success in their life. So I, I had a client. Well, the client's name was Alan. He had a consulting business that he did online out of Canada, and uh, he was wanting it to grow, and it actually wasn't growing from that point. So he was a little bit frustrated in regards to not being able to take the business to the next step. And they were doing everything that they could in order to make the business grow, and it just they're just having a really, really hard time in getting it to the next step. Through the conversation, we discovered that there was a block uh, or an old belief that they weren't worthy of money. No matter what they did, the money would not come. So it actually took about um, 45 minutes to go down in there, figure out what the emotions were that were around that belief, and release it. And so by releasing those emotions and what we also do is plant positive beliefs. So from the I'm not worthy of money or we planted I am abundant, I am financially abundant and it's all present and it's all, you know, the, the new beliefs are all here and now. So we've eliminated what was the old beliefs, replanted the new beliefs and they're actually doing a lot better off. Their business is starting to pick up. They're a lot happier and they're they're pretty amazed in regards to you know what's happened within just even a, just a, a couple of months. Well, when he started with me, um, he was he had a uh, about 50 clients that he was working with, and so after after about I think it was about two two and a half months, he increased to 60 clients, and his number of clients are actually increasing on a regular basis now. But for about five months, he was stuck at the 50 clients. It was like a glass ceiling he couldn't penetrate, wasn't it? Exactly. There's just that he just couldn't. He might go up to 51 or 52, and then it would go back down to 50. So it was something that it was a target in his mind that just wouldn't allow him to go any further. See, that's important because people listening to this, whether you've ever experienced programming or reprogramming or working with someone who is very skilled in being able to clear up past beliefs, or conclusions that you've made about past um, experiences that you've had and experience the difference that's there. It's like resetting a thermostat where Alan sounds like had a thermostat setting of 50 clients with as most as he could handle. And then every time he had a couple more, something would happen or he would sabotage it 
to bring it down to a lower level. But once he cleared away that belief of not worthy of being money or having the financial abundance, then it became something where he was able to handle it and probably made different decisions, assigned responsibilities different, created systems for handling it differently that allowed him to now prosper and now go 20% higher. Here are that business owners, 20% more business after investing two and a half months of working with someone who is skilled at being able to identify and work with this reprogramming. That's a big difference. Carla, tell me, what is it that you see as one of the biggest misunderstandings that the business people you work with have about working with someone who has this skill set? Well, I think that um, you have to be open in order to be able to want to make a change. Funny enough, there's a lot of people out there who will complain about it, but they're not open to finding out different ways or different methodologies of being able to, to, to make that change. I'm not really understanding that, that the reason that things are happening to them is because it's an ingrained belief within inside themselves. So I think that's the biggest thing that business owners need to be a little bit more open about and taking a look internally and saying, is there something that I, that's inside from the past that's stopping me from getting to my next step? Well, you've certainly found a lot of value in being able to make decisions and take action. I mean, it's brought you to 21 different countries all over the world. What was, um, what was one of the most life-changing experiences or conversations or meetings you had as a result of your travels? I would have to say it was the, the biggest thing that changed me was going to Vietnam. I didn't know a lot about the history. Of course, you know, I used to watch MASH from back in the day. And of course, you hear some of the, you take some of the history in school. But being head on and seeing the demilitarization zone and going to Hanoi Hilton and taking a look at the tunnels that the Vietnamese people lived in, you know, some of them, some of those tunnels, there was like 350 to 600 people living there for, I think it was like six years. And um, there were babies born in there and just the resiliency of the people and the trauma that they went through and the strength that they had in order to get through what was happening to them. You know, and right beside the tunnels, you'd see the big holes of where the bombs were dropped. And so just understanding the resiliency and the strength uh, that some people have really made a difference in my life. And I think that was a, one of the biggest catalysts that made me move towards not wanting to go back into the, uh, the financial world of all just working for money and doing something that I loved. Uh, which was giving something back to people. You said that there weren't examples growing up of people who were doing inspiring things. I bet you came away with a lot of examples of people who did inspiring things and, and brave things and showing courage and resilience that changed you for having those experiences and meeting these people, didn't it? It did. It certainly did. I, I have to say 21 countries is a lot of different, a lot of different places uh, to go and even um, I did seven countries up the east coast of Africa doing safari and it's just so 100% totally different from anything and everything that I've experienced growing up and living in Canada so yeah that uh, it all of the all the experiences just gets taken in and make subtle changes within myself internally in order to have this new perspective on life. Did you ever find yourself in a situation where you learned what people had to overcome and you thought to yourself, wow, I don't know if I would have been able to do that under those situations. 
Many times. Uh, Thailand, uh, sorry, Vietnam is one of them, and actually Cambodia is another one. Uh, another country where you just, you, you go and visit the killing fields, and everyone, there, there's no tours. You put on headsets, and you listen to the headsets, and everyone's just walking around there quietly and crying and about the devastation that happened and why it happened. And so there's a lot of those types of things. And you leave with it with a sense of of what for the people who were able to overcome it, not necessarily for the people who perpetrated those conditions, but, you know, what sort of admiration did you have for the people who overcame those dreadful conditions? Well, the admiration is just the strength and the resiliency in order to be able to, you know, take something as adverse as that and to be able to get on with their lives and find the strength to move forward and find the strength to start over again. You know, so it's it's definitely the internal strength of the people that really, really resonated with me. I think a lot of people listening to this are wondering how this connects to their own lives. And wouldn't you say that when you see some of the extreme conditions that people live in by visiting all over the world, and you bring that back, that your problem seems small in comparison? When somebody is in finance and they see that, you know, books don't balance by a couple thousand dollars compared to a village being wiped out in a demilitarized zone, that's not nearly a big a problem. When somebody is saying, well, my gosh, um, my charging cable isn't working today. When, you know, Puerto Rico doesn't have electricity in parts of, of, uh, of the island uh, for months at a time. It, it just gives you a different perspective. Wouldn't you agree? It gives you a 100% different perspective. I think with everyone today, we're stuck in our own lives, and we're really not, while we hear the news, the news is just another story that's being told to us. It's not affecting us directly. So we're only looking at the things that are inside our own little box. You know, by being able to take yourself out and actually visiting and seeing those places and, you know, feeling the energies around there, really, really does make a difference and a change. And I think that the world is becoming more aware, and I think the world is um, becoming more empathetic to what's going on versus before. So I definitely do think that there is a change coming, you know, especially with the kids um, that are going to school and, you know, learning different things and were born more recently. There's a a much more – they have a much more – intuitive attitude of wanting to do something for others. What other evidence did you gather in your travels that leads you to say that the world is becoming more aware and empathetic? What is, what's this particular example you saw that leads you to that conclusion? Well, actually, that example happened after I got back and when I started le- looking for what to do, what, what would be my next step. And there was a lot of different places um, that I Googled, which were started by young people going to university and saying, you know, I quit university because I want to do something that's larger. Um, I think there's one site called 8,000 Hours or something like that, and it, it was started by a young a young man who finished up university, and he's helping other people decide what they can do in order to help others around the world, and that's the that it's a new trend now. I don't like to say trend because it sounds like it's something that's going to stop, but it's a new way of thinking in regards to rather than just going and making money, go and make money and do something that you're passionate with. 
and most people find passion by being able to help others. So actually, that was something that I learned after I got back from my trips while I was trying to find out what to do, where my passion lies. And there was quite a few places that I researched that have this new attitude of don't just do something. Do something that's going to give you life, give you passion, and that ends up giving back to someone else. Because in your own journey, that led you to finding your authenticity, isn't it? Yes, it really did. And in your current situation, you're able to find ways to make a contribution and find and connect with people all over the world because of the the availability of the Internet. Um, When people are listening to this and they have a business and it's successful, it's growing, and they're hiring new people and they're building out new products, what would you encourage them to do to have a perspective of how they can use either the wealth that they've created or their influence in order to have a more positive impact on the world? You know what? I really think that if you look intuitively inside yourself and um, understand what's going on with inside yourself, a, a lot of these people who have really great businesses are typically missing something. And so if, if that's something that you're missing, then definitely go out and look for charities. Look for ways that you can volunteer. Look for ways that you can give back, even to the community that you're in. Or, you know, there's lots of opportunities to be able to donate money to not-for-profits in order to, you know, help other countries. Do something that you makes you feel good. That's the first and foremost. Don't do it for a tax reason. Do it because it's going to make you feel good. Feel something, find something that uh, maybe you lacked before and you want to help others with now. It it's really comes from internally and thinking about what can I do to help others in order to be able to live a more joyous life with inside yourself. Carla, with the, the mentoring that you do and writing that you do, what is it that helps you stay productive and on track? Do you have habits that you follow each morning? Do you have software that reminds you? What are a couple of tips that you could share with listeners? Well, I, um, you know, I typically wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, and the very first thing I do is water and lemon juice. And then I go and sit on my balcony, and I, and I feel blessed about my day. Um, so to, just to give you an example, I, I decide what my day is going to be like. So I decide if my day is going to be extremely productive, if I'm going to be clearly um, if I'm going to have a clear mental pattern, um, what I'm going to produce today. So before I start anything, I put myself in a frame of mind of, you know, what I want to accomplish that day. And that really, really helps by setting those intentions, like um, I'm going to have a day of bliss and enjoyment on my Sundays, or I'm going to have an extremely productive day and I'm going to get through all the things that um, I missed last week. By setting those intentions each morning, I find that as my day goes through, I've got a lot more energy and a lot more out-of-the-box thinking to tackle whatever decisions I need to make during that day. Well, Carla Fagan, you have been so generous with sharing with us on My Quest for the Best. I just want to thank you for sharing insights from your travels, um, perspectives on growing up and overcoming, um, not feeling worthy of, of some of the, the abundance that's available to you now. Um, looking out and thinking about how important passion is and reminding us about on the trip that you've taken and the communities and cultures that you've visited, how important it is to find ways to give back to people. 
looking at the importance of um, making sure that you're open to change and open to new ideas so that when you find resources, you can take full advantage of them, reminding us that people have overcome challenges far greater than perhaps the challenges we're facing on a daily basis, and to challenge ourselves to look for greater opportunities to grow and contribute, and also for the importance of setting intentions as a way of making um, progress with your day and really finding ways to get the most out of each day. Thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best, Carla. Thank you so much, Bill. It's been wonderful. And Carla, where can people find out more about the work that you do and the book, um, A Life Worth Living? Uh, my website, www.carlafagan.com. That's C-A-R-L-A, F as in Frank, E-A-G-A-N. You can also just Google A Life Worth Living or Carla Fagan, and you'll, you'll find the website. And the book is available uh, online globally all, all over the world. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Bill. Before you go, I just want to ask you a quick favor. If you've enjoyed this interview on My Quest for the Best, I'd love it if you'd go to iTunes, look up My Quest for the Best, and subscribe. I want to make sure you don't miss the very next episode we have coming up. We've got a lineup of terrific guests, and I know that if you enjoyed this one, you'll like what you find coming up soon. Also, feel free to give it a comment, a like, because we work hard to put these interviews together, and I appreciate making sure that we're reaching you and serving you in the, the best way possible. I look forward to reading your comments and catch you on the next interview. Thanks so much.